This week is Microphone Awareness Week. I didn't know if you knew that or not. Is this recording? Yes, it is. And welcome to Microphone Awareness Week on the Transmit Podcast. No, I'm not ready. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> you're, you're, okay, what All are right. you not ready? What what are, you, are you ready now? All right, what are we talking about? What, you, talk about those characters. Yeah, let's talk about those characters. You brought some shit on Unlimited. You poured a bunch of water on, apparently. Unlimited, the characters, and then what? I was working on another thing, too. What were you working on? Oh, we're ta- uh, the Halloween. Oh, yeah, that's coming up. Um, i got to ask for a day off for that. Halloween show poster. And I was looking at, actually, I was looking at um, horror movie posters. Maybe we can talk about all three of those things for the soup, for the showdown talk. All right, let's, t- let's get into it right now. We've already started the podcast, technically speaking. I have already introduced us. I'm Spike. I'm Victor. And we're both a little inebriated. It's going to be great. Uh, Amanda's not here. Something oh, about her being yeah. sick. Oh, yeah. Inebriated. That's what we are. <laughs> she yeah she might be sick yeah she um she told me that um she's sick and would rather let me see i wrote it down uh dry hump a badger than deal with me for today so yeah that's sounds about right that sounds about right that's actually most people's um choice Is when it comes between you and a dry and a, a badger yeah, yeah. no i'm, I'm they choose the badger they choose every time they choose that damn badger <laughs> that's one lucky badger yeah I, i'm helping a badger out is what i'm doing Okay. So Badger is kind of like an uh, an interesting character in the world. It's not like a main character. It's like a, not a main animal. It really isn't. Like you think of a gorilla or a lion as the main animals. But or then even you've the got, dog. Yeah, or cat. But then you've got like random weird things like mole, badger. Yeah, those are all side characters. Yeah, they are. like um, They're like the side animals of the world. They're like the friends of the main character. So. That's some, that's some animal like racism right there is what that is. <laughs> I wanted to talk about characters in super awesome showdown that were kind of like one-offs and stuff but yeah i still kind of remember them and think about them and we've had some really cool characters yeah we had some cool characters and i'll be adding these to the website so that at some point so that everyone can like learn a little bit about them they'll be memorialized for these all aren't time. like these aren't the characters that get into the ring and you know show off their wrestling skills and stuff and fight right. for the universe these are characters that are just you know they help progress the story they're supporting characters really yeah and I guess the first ones. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> it's gonna sound. It's gonna be a long list. Yes, it is. <laughs> well, some of them that we know, right? Some of them like we hear their voices, like Bill Farrell. Oh yeah. Rudy Haynes. Yep. And uh, oh yeah, and uh, Tom the Bomb Bundy. New right? guy, yeah. Those those are the ones that uh, we hear. But there was a, there was one announcer that was his name was Red Dashing. I have never heard this guy before. I think he was before <laughs> my time. No, Red Dashing did a show once and it was played by brian from mega 64 oh yeah yeah he came out as red dashing and he had like red hair at the time it was uh it was interesting it was weird so wait what did he do do you have any like what was it what was his shtick i don't think he had much of a shtick really he just came out where red hair yeah. was it yeah tom the bomb he says the dude got wasted yeah he's more of a surfer bro yeah then um vic valentine had a valet named candy I think I remember her. It wasn't didn't Cipriana play her? Yeah. I think she was like uh her her gimmick was she was like an intern for Vic Valentine type. Bit of thing. a groupie, I think. I think groupie. Oh, I think it was at um one Galacticadia, like we restarted a match because um her selfie with you um showed that you had your foot on the Yeah. She's the selfie girl. Yes. So there was evidence of my foot on the rope. And I we fired that show back up. That that was the only good part of that show for me. <laughs> that show was a massive pain, but no, um, I enjoyed treating her like crap because I just like had no time for her. I decided, yeah, candy. Referee guy had no no time for candy. Referee guy is another character. Yes, that was around and could come back anytime. Like, listen, if if you need a referee, I'm not saying no, 
But we have two guys already who show yeah. up. So. And your official name is Referee Guy. It is. First name, Referee, last You come from a long line of guys. Of guys, yeah. That was your family's name. Yeah, and, and then they just had, they got drunk one day and said, hey, you know what we should name our kid? Referee. Because <laughs> <laughs> we, we want this guy to have unlimited potential for the future to become anything he wants. Yes, exactly. Nothing will hold him back. I, I but like, you know what's funny? That's kind of like your actual name. Yes, it is. But let's not go that. <laughs> what, no, what I like is um, my, my, my headcanon for referee guy is that he, um, he was an accountant for Mega64, but... I meant Super Awesome Showdown. Sorry. Then that department dried up, mm-hmm. and so I had to cross over to the referee side. Yeah, because um, at some point, the Mega64 accounting probably became too, too much for referee oh, for guy. One, yeah, for then one there guy. was Ninja Ref. Oh, Ninja Ref. Is, I, I still have that costume. Ninja Ref was pretty cool. You didn't really notice him until he was counting. Yeah, and, and no one really um, wanted him. No one was like... <laughs> that's the thing. is They like the idea of Ninja Ref, but when yeah. I say, hey, do you want Ninja Ref? They're like, I don't give a shit. And I'm like, well, thanks, man. I put all this time into a costume. Yeah. Uh, what what uh, else we got? Tony Tony Davis is the... He was usually went by Tony Davis, but he's recently upped his game a little bit. Oh, yeah. Now he calls himself T-Boss the Omega Official. <laughs> what? So wait, and he's wait, got wait. his own t-shirt. So if you guys go to any Super Awesome Showdown show, I'm going to pimp out his t-shirt right you now. You should. It's, uh, it's like a... It's like that tuxedo t-shirt. Yeah. You ever seen those? I have. Those are great. I guess who hasn't, right? But instead of a tuxedo t-shirt, it's like a referee shirt. It's got a little bow tie on it. <laughs> so it's, a, it's like a referee. Let's T-Boss, everybody. That is T-Boss. And um, there's a couple of other characters that only made an appearance at Galacticadia 5 last year. And yeah. we haven't really um, shown them to the world yet. But there's this duck scientist that was helping um, uh, the BEFC, this evil corporation, oh, yeah, I remember create the guy. evil weapon. Yeah. And um, he had a duck head. Okay, I, I need a little more on this. I, I vaguely remember this guy. What was happening is there was this alien pop star who had, had like a giant gray alien head. He right. was dressed like Michael Jackson. As you do. Uh, he hired the BEFC Corporation to build the ultimate weapon that would cleanse the Earth of all its like inhabitants so that he can have the whole planet as his like house. I Wait... Listen, I, I love that we like bring doom to the to the universe every time, but every pop star now it wants to destroy Earth through us. I'm noticing here. <laughs> it's not just mega corporations and dark forces. Now it's just uh, I have a singing career and I'd like to exterminate all life on Earth. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I forget the exact name of uh, this pop star and the duck scientists, but um, these are characters that actually existed on the show. And they will show, be, I'm guessing. They'll be recognized. Then you've got, you know, your Wargus. I think Wargus, we'll leave it with Wargus. Wargus. Wargus is the cousin of Gorgus. Gorgus is like the, the promoter. Oh, yeah, didn't, yeah, Cipriana played her too, right? No, right. Gorgus is like, um. No, no, Wargus. Cipriana played, there's a smaller scale No, our friend region. Dave played uh, Wargus. Oh, yeah, he was the guy during the Space Love Adventure. Yeah. That's the one. He was kind of like the flamboyant, wizard-looking yes. alien guy. It looks like you've saved the Earth again. <laughs> so, you know, these, these are all great characters, and uh, they might come back. And if you want to see cool side characters, similar to that of that episode of Rick and Morty or Conan O'Brien in the 90s, you should check out Super Awesome Showdown. You really should. It's, it's worth a look-see. Oh, man, that was, uh, you know what? that was actually show talk that was appropriately short, I think. <laughs> 
Well, also, I wanted to bring up. Oh, yeah? We've got some things coming up in the pipeline. Oh, yes, we do. Super Awesome Showdown Unlimited from March of this year will be um, released soon on Patreon for early access with some um, extra bonus footage that we're not going to show the rest of the world, but only the patrons can see. All right, so all five of you who download this podcast, just know that. And uh, I'll give it away. Oh, yeah. I'm going to spoil what some of the footage is. Spoil it. So some of it, I won't say, but here's what you'll get. We have intermissions at our show. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, and we never really show them on uh, our releases, but this time for Super Awesome Shadow Unlimited, we're going to show the intermission and all the hijinks that go on during a Super Awesome Shadow and intermission and raffle. You know, and that's a ton of fun, actually. That's, that is honestly one of the more stressful times of the show. <laughs> yeah. You have no idea, listener, like how, like how much we're looking at like the intermission and how much, like, are we going too long? Are we going too short? Have we done the thing yet? Yeah, the raffle. Uh, this one's really good, actually. Some cool stuff happens. And, like, you know, the, our internet audience, which I claim exists, <laughs> um, <laughs> they're missing out a lot of the, uh, the hijinks that go on in the intermission. And so you, that'll be one of the things you'll get to see. No, I know what it's like to claim that an audience exists. I, I claim that we have a number of listeners to this podcast all the time. <laughs> yeah. you, you know what? This is, actually, um, this is actually a good podcast, everyone. If you look at the top 10 podcasts, if this were more, more well-known, it would be like in the top 20. It, it really would. Top 20 podcasts. Hey, Victor, why are you winking at me while you say that? That exists. <laughs> You are winking very heavily at me while you say that. I don't know what's yeah. going on with that. And also, we got a Halloween show coming up, so be on the lookout for that. It's called Super Awesome Showdown Cosmic Horror. Oh, our Halloween shows are great. Yeah. I always love those. Yeah, there might be like fake blood or a death, probably. Uh, people will die, probably. Oh, they always do. And Halloween Someone show? dies. Honestly, and it's not even all that canon sometimes. <laughs> yeah. It is great. All right, so how about we go on to the lounge? And man does not hear the locker room. Every time you say lounge, I think of that saxophone song. Oh, yeah. The, it's, um, it's like a lounge singing thing. Never gonna. I'm never gonna dance again. These guilty feet have got no rhythm. Though it's easy to pretend. I know you're not a fool. I should have known better than to cheat a friend. And waste a chance that I've been given. Though it's easy to pretend. I'm no one Yeah, you... Yeah, I know, you, I know you, a bunch you, of it. You know that song. I, I, I have the uh, regular version and a metal version. So, by Seether. Yeah, I can imagine you um, singing, lounge, lounge singing. Would I, would I thought you have a good voice oh, for it. What the fuck? Just like I can imagine you in the suit and stuff. Oh, uh, I was thinking... Seem, that seems like your environment. Uh, piano at oh, a yeah. hotel lounge, you know? Hey, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> this song... Sinatra taught me through a cassette tape that I bought from him. You know, people are walking by, not you know, not even paying attention. You know, I have They're a yeah, going about their day. I have a big brandy snifter by me, full of like <laughs> I I put a one in to start the tips. Yeah, <laughs> maybe there's a couple more in there. Hey, everybody. <laughs> so I have a couple of things I want to talk about that came yes, up to Spike. me over the. Hey, thank you for using my name. <laughs> Normally, I have to cut out when you don't use my my online name. Okay, so a couple of things I want to talk about. Um, 
I was thinking about um, stocks, and since you invest a lot, um, mm-hmm. suppose I were to take, I was like a majority shareholder in something, mm-hmm. and I were to just dump all my stock suddenly. Mm-hmm. Would, would that decrease the value of the stock, or would it raise it? I don't know. That's a good question. Let's put some more um, hypotheticals in there. Okay. So it's a, your company, right? Right. Well, I, I'm just a What's shareholder. I'm just a shareholder. Let's say I'm the majority shareholder of Apple. Okay. How much Apple do you got? I'll say 68%. You got 68% of Apple. And I just say immediately dump it all. You're going to sell it all? Yes. Uh, that would affect the price. Oh, it definitely would. I know. That but part we don't... I know. <laughs> Well, because I, I was looking at this thing at Forbes and I, I about like all 500 and something uh, billionaires in America. Yeah. And their combined net worth is like currently $2.7 trillion. Wow. And so I'm sitting there thinking like, well, that's their net worth. So you have to include like their houses, their businesses, yeah. cars, and their stock options. Yeah. Not a lot of that is liquid. So right. you, people think that's like just cash there's, on hand. There's like a Scrooge McDuck vault <laughs> yeah. somewhere. Not a lot of that. And I, I, I get, like, you want to, like, you know, tax the rich more. Fine, fine. But the mm-hmm. thing is, like, if you want that $2.7 trillion, you'd be lucky to get two, I think. Honestly, because you're going to have to pay someone to go through all that stuff and then hopefully sell it at the best possible price. Mm-hmm. And that'll take years. Because, yeah. like, not everyone's going to immediately want to buy a mansion. Yeah, and it's all theoretical, too, because yeah. it's all based on... The value of your company, it's always, like, fluctuating. Yeah, and if you liquidate a company, now you've also, like, ruined all the jobs. Yeah. And all that guy's other companies are going to devalue because they're all going to see, oh, that, guy, that guy's businesses are probably going to get sold by the government. Yeah. So I'm wondering, like, uh, but what came to me was the stocks because that's mm-hmm. something I, like, there's more data on rather mm-hmm. than everyone selling a guy's companies. Yeah. And I'm betting, like, if, like, someone seized a bunch of stock and then sold it to make money. Yeah. That would probably depreciate the value is what I'm thinking. Yeah, I think it would. It would make the value uh, go down, theoretically, I think, because, right, because if you've got, because what makes something valuable is the scarcity, right? Yeah, and so if you suddenly, if like... If you put a bunch of it out there, it's less scarce, right? Because right. Because now... It's available it's, to a whole bunch of people. It's available, or if you sold it maybe to just one person. Then maybe, yeah. So, But then you'd be very lucky to find someone who's willing to buy 60% of Apple. Yeah. Knowing that maybe next year... He's going to get his 60% of Apple seized. <laughs> so I'm not entirely sure if that would work even still. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Because I know what, when it, what happens with Bitcoin. When a bunch of it gets sold, it does affect the price. Like right. it makes it go, we'll go I think down. it makes it go down, yeah. Right. Well, I, I think, yeah, at the very beginning, yeah, it'll, it'll go down in price. But then it'll start going up, I think, as if people realize there's no more to be sold. Yeah. If you have a, scarce, a truly scarce amount. And if someone buys a bunch of Bitcoin, um, if someone suddenly just buys a bunch of it, the stock goes up yeah. or the price goes up. Okay, so that, that's what I was wondering. Cause, yeah, because um, now there's like less of it and it seems more valuable, I guess, is the, the idea. Yeah, I believe so. And yeah. it's the same with stocks then. Right. It's a, it's the scarcity and the perception of it is incredibly yeah, important. I don't have a uh, scientific answer for that. Well, I, I'm not looking for a scientific answer. I'm uh, looking for it's just a, a theoretical... Uh, free associating, shitballing uh, idea. Okay. Well, that, that, that ends the business portion. Of but it. you should uh, buy some Apple. You should... You I know. bought a bushel the other day. Granny Smith. <laughs> you should, yeah, you should uh, take a look at uh, Robin Hood and, you know, get on there and... 
Okay, so you're, are you like if you listen to this podcast, email Victor <laughs> and ask him for the promo code so he can get a whole bunch of um. Oh yeah, so we got Robinhood, Wealthfront, and Coinbase uh, promo codes. Oh yeah, so yeah, he'll 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 hook you up. What I did with that, remember that um three hundred and seventy bucks I had? Mm-hmm. I just put it into a two point four three point four percent um interest rate um certificate at my bank. Oh. Cool. They were in a special. So I, I figured, like, I, I found out I'm going to be moving soon, and so every tool I want to buy mm-hmm. is now something I have to carry to a place that may not have a garage to put it in. You have a 3.2 interest rate certificate? Or maybe 2.4. I forget which. I'm a little buzzed. Wow. But still, it's pretty good. No, it's it pretty good. It's a special they're running at my bank. Or at my what is a certificate? Uh, that, I'm not 100% sure. I just know that they've, they've had some good yields for me. So it's, I think it's, through, it's, it's run through my credit union, Navy Federal. Yeah. Is that a CD? It might be. A see, CD. I don't know about I don't know about the safe stuff. I only know about the gambling stuff. Ah, see, there's your problem. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the next thing I want to talk about was yeah. um, the audience scores for certain things. Um, I've been looking at Rotten Tomatoes a bunch, uh-huh. and there's uh, a few more like um, big differences between critics and audiences recently. Yeah, you were showing me that earlier, and um, I don't think those differences are that big. I well, think uh, people make a big deal out of this. I'm playing uh, devil's advocate here a little bit, advocate. Okay, well, there's for some... you, so I'm gonna I'm gonna be um, I'm confronting you right now. <laughs> well, there's like a seventy like percent difference between like sticks and stones between the audience and the critic score. Okay, I accept that one. That's pretty big. Why do you think that is, Spike? <laughs> well, personally, I think um, a lot of those um, audience scores they're just people. You know, they yeah. they want it, they. They're going to watch that on Netflix and then laugh. Well, it's the average person. I think, you know what, I also think it is. It's 99%, right? Yeah. I think it's people who just like Dave Chappelle and they know what they're getting into. By now, if you don't like Dave Chappelle, you're probably not going to turn him on. Yeah. So, like, if you're seeing that, you're probably going to like it. Well, that's kind of the thing I can always tell about a, about a movie. Like, um, the critics are have a very specific outlook on things. So, if it's about Hollywood or if it's about, like, I don't know, like a minority who's poor who can't read mm-hmm. in another country it'll get like a 90 as well yeah because they, they have this kind of a woke outlook on movies you know and i don't actually watch those movies yeah, i either. should i feel like i should maybe they're actually good they might be good maybe we're just you know well did you see um the shape of water no i, don't, I haven't seen that one yeah well that's i've of heard of it it's got the uh, abe sapien in it from hellboy right yeah basically <laughs> <laughs> Basically, at the end, Hellboy shows up and breaks him out. And it's then, part of the Hellboy extended I hope universe. So. That would be way better than just some chick bangs a fish dude. <laughs> but it is the same actor. It is? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. It is the same guy. He's like a tall, lanky, fish-looking man. Well, yeah. So I think, yeah, the, the thing about the critics, mm-hmm. like the top critics on um, Rotten Tomatoes, they, they look at like what it's about. Like, a, Does it have a message that I agree with? Yeah. A lot of people seem to think that. It, maybe it's a little bit of a conspiracy, but... I wouldn't um, say conspiracy. I think it's just, you know, a lot of critics are, are very Hollywood. Well, and I think also critics, uh, they want to find, create meaning in their jobs. That so, might help too. So what they're doing is they're um, not only saying this is a good film, but this is good for humanity. Oh, yeah. So they're trying to like, instead of being like, yeah, I spend my life uh, watching television and stuff <laughs> like that and seeing if it's good or not. You know, they have to be like, there has to be, there has to be a higher function to what they do true like they, they have to be like all right is this not only is this entertaining but is it doing good for the community for the world's community <laughs> the world. does, 
does does it draw a light to issues of our time? Yeah. So uh, apparently, they don't think. Chappelle does that enough, which he is, which he does. Well, and this thing so I, maybe there's a little bit of hypocrisy there. Maybe, yeah, because right? he, he, he pokes fun at everyone. It's like, that's pretty much a comedian's job is to shine light on societal taboos, right? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I thought it was just to be funny, so. Well, I mean, if you... But a lot of comedians, like, feel how, like they need to be offensive, though. Yeah. Okay, how about this? It's their job to be funny, but a lot of times they do that by broaching... Well, because really... What's really the fun? higher function? Yeah, that's the to higher. reflect uh, an image back on society. And really, like, really, is it is it really funny to say like, well, you know, the my grout's kind of dirty. I have to get my my floors cleaned. <laughs> yeah. Or is it funnier to say like how your girlfriend's a jerk? <laughs> uh, I don't know. It depends. It depends. I mean, yes, you could tell a, a, a good joke, good joke about anything. Mm-hmm. But it's it's probably easier to go with relationships. See, uh, my favorite humor has actually been, um, see, Jim Gaffigan. Yeah, I love Jim Gaffigan. He's great. The Hot Pockets guy. Oh, yeah, he's great. Whenever I see him on Netflix, I'm like, oh, I don't want to watch this guy. He, he's lame. But then every time I turn it on, I was like, oh, yeah, he's funny. And I, I find this, I find a guy who makes fun of himself hilarious. That's why I like him and Louis C.K. and stuff. People yeah. who just like are just pathetic people, <laughs> pathetic human beings. Or they capitalize on their perceived patheticness. Yeah. Because realistically, they are, comedically, they are very talented. Yeah. And that's the other thing is like, yes, a very talented comedian can tell jokes about anything and really could not even have a punchline, but still be funny. Yeah. Can go up there with no material and then just riff. Yeah. Uh, That's just like how we are on this show. Yes, but we're not really talented yet. We riff and we're talented. And uh, first we got to get people to think that. Yes. And then... Then they'll, we gotta like start drinking our own Kool Aid, is what we have to do. <laughs> I am the most talented motherfucker on the planet. You have no idea. Yep. There, there we, we go. go. <laughs> I am, I'm a comedic genius, America. Yeah, like, we, you, actually, you did uh, have this phase where you're writing down jokes. Do you remember that? I do, back in high school. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I guess it was a long time ago. Was that funnier? Was I funnier then? Um, slightly. Ouch. That hurt my feelings. You've lost. I've lost a step. Point one of a humor point. It could be worse, I guess. But uh, you know what? Maybe you're you're funnier now. But I feel like you were more directed at that time. You're kind of like, at least into the comedy part. Mm. You've seemed to shift your interest to other things. Well, like, but I, you try to maintain uh, the the humor as your persona, as your character, really, as your personality. I like to be funny. Yeah, I like to try to be at least. Like I remember the one joke that you wrote down that I remember. Oh yeah. Was uh, why does uh, or no? It was it went like this? Do you ever notice that alone rhymes with cologne, or no? Was it cologne rhymes with alone? One of the two. Yeah, and I thought that was kind of um, interesting. You know what? Okay, I know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna start writing stuff down again. <laughs> so you just need a you just need to build up something to that being the punchline. Well, that makes sense. Okay, so okay. So what we're going to do now is I need you to be my comedy, like, coach, maybe. And then I even thought about oh, I'd yeah. be a, com- a comedian. Oh, yeah? But uh, I don't know. I don't think I, I'd have to, it, It's hard to write a joke, you know, write something that someone hasn't done. Yeah. And then I'm kind of figuring it out, like, the more stand-up that I listen to. Well, yeah, there but is a formula to it. There's a formula where it's like, uh, it seems like each one of them t- only tells, like, three or four jokes for, like, the whole hour. But... They, they tell out. little jokes in the setup to their punchline. Yeah. So they're setting up their punch, 
their joke and then they're setting up, setting up, and then there's like these little jokes within it. And then they finally get to the end and then it's like, that's like the payoff for listening to like the whole story. Yeah, and I think there are several, like that's a very popular version of it right now because it's more of like a story they're telling. Yeah. But then you also saw that like um, the Bill Burr thing, he, he moved around a lot. Like the, you saw some of Bill Burr's new comedy special. Yeah. And uh, he was moving around a lot with that one. Yeah. So I think, yeah, it's more built I guess it, I guess it was like Dave Chappelle. He, he takes his time, like, setting up yes. his, his stuff. And, yeah, I think that's, uh, that's, yeah, currently, yeah, no one's saying, like, what's the difference between a blah and a blah? Blah. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of an older style. And, there, yeah, there's all different styles of comedy out there. Yeah, that's true. But uh, you just got to find those topics that no one else is really thinking about. Or even then, ones that are, people are thinking about and just and tell it in it. a unique way. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's pretty cool. All right. Um, no, what I want to talk about, actually, uh, speaking of Bill Burr, is that he, his comedy was way more offensive than Bill or than um, Dave Chappelle's, mm-hmm. and he's like got a, like an eighty-six with the um, with the audience or with the uh, with the critics and a ninety-eight with the crit- with the audience. Yeah, that's. I have no idea what the difference is between this between the two, like. So the critics like him a little bit better. I guess they like Bill Burr better. Hmm. I like he had a thing like um. Uh, was it a Michelle Obama like finding presidential tasting dick and I have no idea how that's not way more offensive well I felt like uh, Dave Chappelle kind of slightly agitated um, minority groups <laughs> and his thing that maybe awesome. Bill Burr didn't uh, that's true so like you know I'm not saying Dave Chappelle went after these groups but he did kind of tell uh, jokes about them tell jokes about you know trans and gay gay community LGBTQ community I guess so yeah that makes sense so um, I guess they're willing to let the presidential dick thing ride but if it what do you get 86% yeah so that means like 25% uh, less than 25% didn't like it then right yeah well no like way less it was like like 14% didn't like it math is not something I'm great at when you're buzzed yeah (laughs) alright that's fine alright listen um we have gone a little long today, so you know what we're going to do? What, what are we going to do? We're going to skip the news. We had some deep and insightful talk about comedy, and I really thought we did a good job today. Yeah, we did, because we're great. We are phenomenal. Um, if we had Kool-Aid, the Kool-Aid color would be like uh, cyan. We're drinking our own cyan-colored Kool-Aid. All right, so listen, I'm going to thank you for tuning in to the Transmit Podcast. I'm Spike. I'm Victor. We'll see you next time. <laughs>